Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Motor Up Sports. We're just going to stick college ball today and a little bit college football. Interesting week so far. Michigan State hoops, they barely squeaked past Iowa. And Iowa's not like this amazing team. They're not this team that you should beat by two at home if you're actually a good team. The realization I've come to is Michigan State basketball is just mids. They're not good. They're not bad. They're probably first, second round exit and restart again next year. Because if you look at the nation this year, I mean, there's nobody that's really like that good. Every year you see that one team that pops up around January, February time that peaks. And you're like, that's the team to beat. Like we've seen it with Virginia, seen it with Villanova for many years. You've seen it with Duke there. You know, they're the team to beat comes March, multiple, multiple seasons. But right now, who's the team to beat? Because honestly, your your top team, I think, is a pretender out of Purdue. I don't know if Houston is a pretender or a contender yet. I would assume they're more of a contender based off previous March Madnesses in terms of they've gone to Elite Eight. So they've been deep in the tournament. Kansas, obvious contender this year. But I'm looking through and I'm sorting through these teams, and I, I think your contenders are Arizona, Kansas, TCU, UCLA and Bama. Now, I've watched a lot of Arizona this year. Just a very interesting team, a team full of a lot of foreign players that have all came together and played great basketball. A bunch of European white guys that could shoot and are very athletic. Kansas, you see the experience. You've seen them, literally, you saw pretty much the same roster win last year outside of Abaji really leaving. They didn't lose a whole lot. And the guys sitting behind the starters last year are arguably better. They just have had a little bit of a bump and a cold stretch. They'll end up being a one seed, I think, when it's all said and done. I really like TCU. I've said from day one, you look at the experience on their roster, that's an experienced squad that can take a run. And granted, last year they got their little bit of experience. I think they took a round and got bounced in second. But they returned everybody. And they actually look pretty good lately. So... Watch out for TCU come March because they're going to be a, they're probably going to be second, third, fourth in the Big 12 at the end of the regular season because there's not really a big gap in the Big 12 between Texas, TCU, and Kansas State. The rankings show differently. I just don't think the gap's that big. So they're going to finish two to four in the Big 12, more than likely. And there'll probably be a three, four seed in March that can make a lot of noise. Watch out for TCU, UCLA. Hawkes is there. You you know they're going to take a run. They've done it every year that Hawkes has been there. So watch out for UCLA. And I just think Bama, their roster is kind of built for March. You have a guy like Brandon Miller take over games. You have the guard play. You have the big man play. Bama, I think, is a true contender. Nate Oates has had a few little runs here and there. I think this is the year that Nate Oates finally makes a statement and takes a real run in March. But if you look at the rest of the nation, and I'm going to name some contenders, and I know you guys are going to disagree with me. Purdue, massive pretender. We see what Matt Painter teams do in March. And the second, this, this is where Purdue's going to run into trouble in March. In the Big Ten, there's no center as big as Edie. You're going to play a mid-major in March, more than likely, at some point in a run, potentially, that they can make. The second they play a big, and there's always a few of them in these mid-major schools that come in March, and they're like 7-5, they can match 80. They're the same height. They're the same player. The second they run into that, Purdue's bounced. Because, yeah, they have the guard play to win, 
But the second you take Edie out of the game, their offense is going to be stagnant. They can't play inside out, so the perimeter is going to be on clamps because they know that Edie's not going to do anything. Because the problem right now is if, if you get Edie going, which every game in Big Ten play so far outside, of, I didn't watch the record game, so I'm not going to make a statement on the one they lost. But every single Big Ten game, they get him going early and then they play some inside out ball the whole game. If you play a team in March that can take the inside ball away and just force them to play outside, produce bounce. The second they play a school with a big that can match Edie, they're done. Pretender, pretender, pretender. Tennessee, we see what they do every year. They choke calling them a pretender. They're always top 10 when the regular season's over. History shows me pretender. I like Kansas State a lot. I think they can get you to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. They're just playing hot basketball right now. And if they can stay hot rest the rest of the season, and I hope they do, because this could be a very big feel-good story, like last place projection finish in the, in the Big 12, and now they rattled off a bunch of wins in a row that, against ranked teams. Like, they're not even just beating, like, the Texas Techs of the Big 12. I mean, they're beating some good teams. They they blew out Kansas. They beat Texas. Watch out for Kansas State. I think they're hot right now, but I, I, I just think... I don't think they're really built to win it all right now. I think those are like your three big pretenders right now. I, I, I got to watch more of Houston. But what I've seen so far is the gap between 1 and 15 in the rankings right now is minimal. In most years, that one, two, and three gap between 15, 16, and 17 is very narrow. I just don't see the big gap this year. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we can easily see. I, I think Purdue's going to roll through the Big Ten. Purdue's good. They're not going to win March. Everyone else is kind of just mids. Rutgers, mids. Michigan State, mids. Northwestern, mids. Wisconsin, Ohio State, Iowa. Everybody's mids in the Big Ten. And we're going to see it in March. You're going to have the Big Ten pretty much seeded 7 through 10. And if this continues, there's a very good chance some teams are going to be playing in the first or second round against each other because the rest of the nation is just garbage. And the Big Ten's garbage, too, as a conference as a whole. The Big 12 is playing good basketball. And it's like the Big East isn't even the Big East this year. Because Villanova is not Villanova. Scene Hall is not the same scene hall they normally are. Just a really bad year across the board in college basketball. You had teams that I thought were contenders coming in, like Creighton, like Arkansas, that are just playing bad basketball right now. Now, can Arkansas get in the march and take a run? Absolutely. They kind of do it every year since they've since Musclemans became their head coach. Every year's a run. He always coaches well in March. Arkansas is still a team I think that can take a run and be a little dangerous. But overall, I mean, everybody's kind of bad across the board. And, that, and that's what hurts about Michigan State is they're, they're literally like one or two pieces away from just being the best team in college basketball this year and just the best team in dominating. And Izzo could have still got his class next year had he just brought in two fifth-year seniors. Like a guy, I, I don't know, I like a Terrence Shannon brings that in, we're good. That's what's frustrating is I just don't think anybody's that good this year. And if you had a piece or two that you addressed in the portal – you would have probably won March this year. And a thing that's really starting to disappoint me and bother me. I'm a big guy of you have to make your clutch free throws to be an elite player in college basketball, to be an elite player in the NBA. If you're a guard and you can't hit a pressure free throw, you're never going to be elite. And that's been Hogarth lately. Yeah, 
81% free throw shooter. He'll shoot you eight for eight going into the final five minutes of the game. And when the final five minutes hits, he's one for four. It's like, I don't want the ball in his hands at the end of games. Like, I'd rather have the guy just inbound, to be honest with you. Because it's just like he gets the line in a bonus situation like he did against Iowa. It wasn't even the double bonus. He gets in the bonus. I say he's going to miss this free throw. It's not because he's an 81% free throw shooter. It's because he's probably like 56% at the end of games. Clank, Iowa goes down, misses a wide open shot. We get lucky. We squeak out a win that's a good resume builder. But watching Hogard miss all those free throws in the last couple games, it's very frustrating. And it's very frustrating the limited growth in some of these players too. But the nation's back across the board and you had a chance to become an elite program this year and then stay elite next year. And Izzo kind of threw that away for some reason. And you're going to see a lot of those rotational bench players that can't get a bucket out of the rotation next year. First example, Trey Holloman bumped out of the rotation. Good defender, has a lot of potential, be a good backup guard when Holgar Walker and Fears end up, I don't know if Fears is going to be a four-year player after seeing him get bumped to a five-star, like I said, the whole time. I've said the whole time he's going to be a five-star, and he's probably coming off the bench next year for Walker and Holgard is my guess, or Aikens. But how many minutes are gone? I, I haven't seen the guy get more than six points in a game. And honestly, I'm not a big stat sheet guy. He plays good defense. Maybe early on in the season, he's going to get minutes until Fears is ready to just hop in the rotation and dominate. But it's the fact that you have a guy now as a five-star who has the potential to be an MSU great sitting right behind him. When the backcourt clears up, you know, his junior year, he's going to get minutes. But next year, I think the minutes are gone. And another thing I'm really taking a hard look at is Xavier Booker is now playing center. And maybe it's because Izzo said, hey, you're playing center next year. Because we don't have the center play. I think he's a starting big. I think Malik Hall comes back because we know the NIL money's not going to the football team next year. Like, it, I think it did this year. That NIL money's going to be pouring in the basketball program. And Malik Hall, if he's smart enough and he knows that he's not going to get paid that much money anywhere else coming out of college. He might as well take his fifth year senior year or his COVID year and play it out. So I think you get Malik Hall back next year, kind of like Joey Hauser. He's like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to get millions of dollars, which my guess is these guys are probably getting millions next year. You're not going to get that money going overseas worth a year. So we'll see. I think Malik Hall comes back. But we're going to see Malik Hall and Xavier Booker playing the 4-5. or five, And then you're going to have the same backcourt. But very interesting what's going to happen next year. Because I, I just think there's a lot of changes coming. Because this was just like a... We, this is just a weird year. Maybe Izzo knew that everybody was garbage this year. So he was like, you know what? We're just going to be like everybody else and play for next year. But I just don't agree with the stance he took coming into the season. Now, you got Purdue tomorrow. Big blowout loss coming. There's no way you're going in the MAC and beating them, especially after what happened at Breslin, where you lost by one. I mean, Purdue's not playing great basketball lately. That's the thing. They, they went into Chrysler and only won by five. Now, yeah, they were up that whole game. I mean, Michigan was never trailing, but not like a good score sheet. Look, in terms of they didn't even have Jet Howard. So had Jet Howard played, do they win that game? I don't know. I think it's probably like back and forth. But Purdue at MAC is just a different environment. And they're going to come in and smack Michigan State tomorrow. And that's coming from a Michigan State student. Like, they're just going to come in and smack us. As a 15-point loss, Michigan State, 
80 has another massive monster game. Because the only guy in the Big Ten I think that can guard 80 is Hunter Dickinson. And he still had a good game on Hunter. They actually both had good games. But just a blowout loss coming. And they got to regroup and find a way to go to the MSG and beat Rutgers. Which I don't know how you get that one done too. But then, you know, you got a bunch of games in the month month of February coming up that are bubble games. So you got to win those games. So some Michigan State football talk. We saw the Chargers got dropped from four of the Michigan State players involved in the fight. And this is going to be off the record after doing some community service. Good for them. Good for the judge for realizing it's kind of just a BS charge. And this probably wouldn't have happened against Maryland. Probably wouldn't have happened against Illinois or Rutgers if there's a fight like that in the tunnel. That one just gets let go. I think Harbaugh hates Michigan State. The DA hates Michigan State. So they were going to go at the fullest extent and charge all the players, and they did so. And for Harbaugh to go on the character, go up in the podium and just ruin the character of some of these kids for a mistake they made after a, a game. I mean, you're telling me you haven't made a mistake in your life. I'm sorry, but you can't sit there and tarnish the character about eight men when you play a guy with a gun charge, when you play a guy with an anti-Semitic remark before a game. It's just a bad look on their program. But last thing on the day, I want to talk about Michigan basketball and just an abysmal season. I haven't really talked about them much because was there a talk about them? There's nothing exciting. They kind of just are garbage mids, bad team this year. And I've reached the point where it's like Jawan's getting the guys, but he's just not a good coach. And that's what it's all boiling down to right now is that he was winning basketball games with B-line players like Isaiah Livers, like a guy like Franz Wagner who came in and was a B-line recruit. So yeah, he developed him, but that was a B-line job. But he's bringing in some of these guys that are coming in the program. They're just bad players. Like they were just five stars that are coming in and just aren't that good. And I'm just thinking Jawan is just not the coach that people are thinking he is, or I don't think people think he's that coach anymore, especially with the issues with, with the temper with Hunter Dickinson. You have issues across the board with Michigan basketball. And I think they're going to have a coaching change if, if they can't make the tournament this year or next year. And I just don't think the program's going in any direction but down. I draw an easy job was to keep the program where Beeline had it at, or just lower it a little bit, but have it at a respectable program, a top 25 program. And the baseline that Beeline built is all getting torn down by Jawan. You never had negative press with Beeline. It was all positive press. You talk to a Michigan State fan, you never heard him say, fuck John Beeline. You hear everybody say, fuck Jawan Howard. But you never heard the fan base ever go after John Beeline because John Beeline was a good guy and John Beeline did it the right way. Jawan's not doing it the right way. If Jawan's winning games right now, he doesn't have the massive temper and he has these recruits and he is doing what he's expected to do coming in, which preseason I was thinking they'd be like five or seven seed and be close to the top of the big 10, which bad prediction, very bad prediction, but just not, I don't see any direction with Michigan basketball, but down right now. And and he gives one more season to correct this. And if he can't, he's out. So I will see you guys again on Monday, recapping the Purdue game. Any news that comes out over the weekend will be recapped. So see you guys on Monday.